At the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of people got DMs on Instagram or Facebook that almost always started like this. Hey, hon. Hey, girl. Boss babe, how hey, are you? I don't know if you remember me from high school, but... And then they'd say something like this. I know this is random, but I swear to God, this skincare Have you tried totally these gummy vitamins? I want They're to tell you so about this good. incredible protein It's crazy shake. how much it changed my life. A lot of these overly peppy, out-of-the-blue messages are from people selling products for multi-level marketing companies, or MLMs. Odds are you've come across one of these companies. Herbalife, Avon, Mary Kay, Amway, those are some of the biggest ones. They sell everything from nutritional supplements and makeup to leggings and essential oils. And often, they don't just want to sell you some makeup kit or wine set. They also want to offer you a life-changing opportunity for you to also sell the product. You can earn up to six this figures. truly allow you and your family you set to your be own hours. Free. You are and your I own promise boss. it'll revolutionize your life. Thus, the multi-level and multi-level marketing. If they can get you to sell the product, then they get a bonus or a cut of your sales. MLMs often target women, and they generally thrive on speaking to people's vulnerabilities. Aging skin, weight gain, worries about money. And at the height of the world's vulnerability last year, MLMs did their thing. Some started making wild claims on social media about how certain products could treat or even prevent the coronavirus— or how people who'd suddenly lost their income could earn it all back and much more. Some people aren't going to be able to work. And I'm like, okay, this is why people need to do network marketing. So your stimulus check, are you going to take that money and just go and blow it? Or are you going to invest it in your health and make it? It got so bad that the Federal Trade Commission stepped in. It sent out warning letters to 10 different MLMs telling them to knock it off. Because not only was it dangerous for some of these companies to claim that they had a cure for COVID, but also because the financial claims that sounded way too good to be true are way too good to be true. Really, joining an MLM can feel a bit like gambling. When you roll those dice, when you buy into it, the odds you will earn money are incredibly small. Like, according to one popular study, 99% of people who join MLMs end up losing or making no money at all. Another report says that number is actually closer to 75%. But the point is, an overwhelming majority of people who join MLMs end up breaking even or losing money. Apparently, though, we are a nation of gamblers. According to the latest numbers, 16 million people were part of an MLM. 16 million people rolling the dice on the American dream that surely they will be the one to beat the odds. I'm Eddie Mejres, and welcome to This is Uncomfortable, a show for Marketplace about life and how money messes with it. This week, we are diving deep into the world of MLMs with one woman who became the exception to the rule, someone who climbed to the very top. We'll show you how an MLM can hook you, how they keep you in, and the high price many people pay, even if you are in that successful one. Back in 2016, Kiara Aceves was 18 and graduating from high school. It felt like everyone else was off to a bright future, and hers was a huge question mark. I almost felt like everyone around me, they knew exactly what they wanted to do, and I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had no idea what the heck I was good at. 
At the same time, Kiara was also really struggling with her mental health and her body image. I remember just feeling so desperate to lose weight. I was always the bigger friend, and I was always the one that clearly stood out. So I remember just feeling so self-conscious about my body and everything about myself. And it was just exhausting. I want to have somebody take a picture of me and me not immediately take their phone and look at that picture to approve it. Her desire to lose weight turned into a really unhealthy fixation. She'd think about her body and what she was eating 24-7. So while her friends went off to college for their first semester, Kiara decided she wanted to focus on her fitness, make it her sole mission. She didn't want to be around family or friends. She even got off Instagram and Facebook, and she told herself. When I come back on social media, I want people to be like, what the heck? Like, who is this new person? Kiara got a job at a gym, which came with a free membership, and she started trying every diet under the sun, chugging a gallon of water a day, doing a low-carb diet, a military diet. Then one day, Kiara was scrolling through Twitter. And I land on this video that somebody retweeted. This video of this girl who just lost a massive amount of weight. Kiara saw the woman's before picture in the video and thought, oh my God, I look like her. And then she saw just how much weight this woman lost. So I never reach out to people. I never go in anybody's DMs, or back then I didn't. (laughs) Um, And I remember reaching out to her and I was like, what the heck are you doing? What is this? Like, what... What routine are you following? Like, I literally look the way that you used to look. And the woman messaged her back, telling her, oh, I use these amazing protein shakes. And conveniently, the woman worked for the company that sells them, an MLM called Arbonne. She told Kiara, check out this link and let me know if I can help you place an order for them. So she sent me over a link, and I did little to no research. At that point, I didn't care what it was. I didn't care what I had to do. I just wanted to lose weight. I literally just gave her my card information. Kiara had reached stage one of getting sucked into an MLM, where they tap into a vulnerability, make the promise of a miracle, and trust you'll pay almost anything to get it. For Kiara, the price that day was $300, which was how much the starter pack cost. She obsessively tracked the package, and the day it arrived, she ran upstairs to her room, closed the door, and tore open the box. It was almost like if it was like Christmas morning or my birthday. It was going to show me how to finally feel healthy about food and have a healthier relationship with food. Kiara felt embarrassed by how much she was willing to drop on some protein powder, so she didn't tell anyone at first. As discreetly as she could, she started swapping out her meals for these protein shakes. The woman who sold Kiara the shakes messaged her to see how she was doing. And then she asked her the question almost all MLM consultants eventually ask. Hey, you've had incredible success. Have you ever thought about becoming a consultant? And by consultant, she meant, did Kiara want to join her team and sell Arbon herself? What Kiara didn't know then was that this is stage two of MLM life. First, get people to buy the product, then get people to sell it. I'm like, heck no. Like, you know, if that works for you, girl, like you do you. But no, thank you. I'm going to continue my fitness journey and then see where life takes me. But this woman was persistent. Every time Kiara put in an order, she'd get the shakes and then the pitch. Hey, you want to sell Arbon? This went on for months. Meanwhile, Kiara was losing weight. Over the next seven months, she lost 70 pounds. 
She was thrilled that she'd lost the weight, but she was also ignoring how she'd done it. She was obsessively working out and not really eating a lot. These were not miracle products. In a way, Kiara was even more vulnerable than when she began. Her success felt fragile and hugely dependent on Arbonne. I still had anxiety about going out. I still had anxiety about eating untracked meals. I still had all of that anxiety still. And it was almost as if I didn't want to stop because I felt like if I stopped, I would have gained all my weight back. In that vulnerable state, Kiara called up the sales rep for another order of shakes. And then the rep gave her the same old pitch. Are you sure you don't want to sell this stuff? Look, Kiara, I, I see that you love Arbon. Um, you're ordering it all the time. As a consultant, you get half off the entire website. Half off all the products. That's something the sales rep hadn't pitched before. You're telling me that I can get my products that I love half off? Like, heck yeah. The woman wanted to meet in person. And even if Kiara ultimately decided to not become a consultant, the rep would still give her half off her next kit. When she got to the cafe, they sat down at a table and introduced themselves. And she was literally a picture-perfect human being. She was polished. She was nice. She was funny. She was relatable. The way MLMs sell is by building relationships. So instead of launching into some elaborate sales pitch, the woman started talking about her weight loss journey. And I remember telling myself, like, wow, I've never met anybody who's understood how I felt so quickly. Relationship established. The rep then pivoted to Arbonne, just how liberating the job felt. And how she became um, self-employed and how she earned her free white Mercedes in a matter of three months and how her life completely changed from having negative in her bank account to having so much money in her bank account. In this moment, Kiara saw not just a product that had changed her life, she suddenly started seeing a new direction for her life. She'd watched her friends go off to college, start figuring out careers— Maybe this was a sign. She was meant to have stayed back from college so she could help other people change their lives like she had. I wanted to help other women that just felt so ashamed and embarrassed and wanted to hide. I wanted to help other women feel just as empowered as I was feeling at that moment. And just like that, Kiara joined an MLM. When someone recruits you onto their team and into an MLM, they become your quote-unquote upline, and you become their downline. So that sales rep who signed up Kiara, she became her upline. After Kiara signed up, her upline immediately put her in a Facebook group with other consultants. Next, it was time to sell the dream. Her upline told her to watch a training video about the right way to announce to friends, family, and strangers on the internet that she was now selling Arbonne. And she would sell Arbonne the same way her upline did to her, by turning her weight loss transformation into content. I remember sitting in my bed just super, super excited, typing up, you know, the right words to say, you know, making my collage on some app with all my pictures, and then putting it all together. And were you nervous? I was nervous, but more so I was excited to get to help other people and get to show people the quote-unquote new me. This would be the comeback she'd been waiting for since graduating high school. Kiara made a collage of before pictures of herself, some photos of her at prom and in the clothes she used to wear, and then some after photos with the same clothes now just hanging off of her. 
And she paired it with this Instagram caption. I said, if you're looking to look good and feel good, this program is perfect for you. Basically, in this extremely long post, she said, look, I transformed my entire life with this product. You can too. And I want to help you. Let's all walk into the new year motivated and not give up. And let me help you build a better you for you. And then my, my DMs just started flooding with people that were asking me, like, what are you doing? What is Arbon? What is this? What is this? Like, how do I do it? How do I do it? She quickly started responding to people. I think I um, sold five kits within the first few hours of me signing up. That many sales in just a few hours, it was impressive. Kiara's upline was ecstatic. A big way a lot of MLMs keep people hooked is by giving them a sense of community. And right away, Kiara's upline started praising her in the Facebook group, and other consultants chimed in enthusiastically congratulating her. A lot of former MLMers I talked with refer to this as love bombing. The upline would put certain people on a pedestal, and you became a mini-celebrity in the kingdom of your MLM. This Arbon high started happening. It was almost as if any time that she would message me because she had such a big presence, I felt so proud. It became a big thing very quickly. Pretty quickly, she started making enough money that she was able to leave her job at the gym. Arbonne became her new full-time job, and she felt unstoppable. I was like, oh my god, I lost so much weight. People are knowing who I am. They're buying kits from me. I'm making money. I'm building a team. And that was the first time that I actually felt like I belong somewhere, and I felt proud. Kiara felt like she'd finally found not just weight loss success, but purpose and a community that really understood her. So that was the mindset that I had, you know, back in 2016 when baby Kiara knew knew nothing of what was about to come. That's after the break. Very quickly, Kiara figured out why her upline had pestered her for so long to not just buy the shakes, but to also sell them. It's because the big MLM money isn't in selling the product, it's in getting other people to sell it. When you recruit someone and they sell stuff, then you get a portion of their sales. And if they recruit people, then you get a chunk of those sales too, and so on and so on. So Kiara set out to recruit as many people as she could. It was almost as if any person that was walking... I would just be like, oh, it's a money sign. (laughs) And I remember when I said it was just so um, innocent at first, very quickly, it became about who else can I help detox? Who else can I help get on my team? Who else can I sign up? Like she remembers going on a date with this guy she knew from high school. The waitress came by with water and Kiara pulls out a fistic, which is an Arbonne energy powder that flavors your water and also turns it pink. She comes back and she was like, didn't I just give you a water? And I was like, oh, yeah, I put in a fistic. Um, And she's like, what's a fistic? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm obsessed with these. I love them. She tells the waitress, I used to be a coffee drinker, but now I just drink this instead. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm such a coffee drinker, too. And I was like, oh, my God, add me on Instagram. I know you're working. We'll talk about it later. Add me on Instagram. That's a huge way she got people to baby step their way into the MLM. You try not to act too eager. Be nonchalant. It's what she was trained to do. Just casually say, hey, 
add me on Instagram. Because once they're there, her Instagram would do the hard sell. I knew within minutes they were looking through my Instagram. And I knew within minutes that it was just a seed planted into their mind that, you know, Arbon. The next week, Kiara sold the waitress some fist sticks, and that guy she was on a date with, well, he quickly became her boyfriend. We laugh about it now, and he's like, I can't believe you did that on our very first date. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It was just, <laughs> it's almost as if when you're in an MLM, it becomes your world. It's not a part of your world. It is your world. And once you're in an MLM, it often works very hard to keep you there. A lot of MLMs have a whole psychological component that isn't just about selling. It's about keeping you in the fold, using motivational CDs, Facebook groups, conferences, which usually tell you if you're failing, it's not because of the MLM model. It's probably your fault. The MLM is not the problem. Your negativity is the problem. So on days where she felt discouraged, Kiara would do what she'd been told. She'd pop in one of those motivational CDs Arbon recommended to her. And they sounded something like this. You talk about, well, the company screwed up with this, or then my upline screwed up with that. You tell the world, that becomes part of your brand. Negativity becomes part of your brand. You know, it's, if you say, like, I'm going to make a million dollars this year, all your brain hears is going to. And you already have it. Whenever I do, would so do my makeup, I would listen to their recordings. Whenever I was cooking my food, I would put on my headphones and listen to their recordings. Whenever I was doing cardio on the cardio machine, it was like you had to eat, sleep, breathe this company. On YouTube, I found this one team Zoom call for a fitness MLM. And the upline is telling her downlines they're not making sales because they're being negative and lazy. I don't want to hear excuses anymore, guys. I, it's, it's exhausting to me to have to get a message saying, well, my dog was sick and I had to. I don't care. You should have been sending invites from the fucking vet. And then the uplines go on to tell their downlines to start pitching the products to everyone and use their situation to your advantage. Um, first of all, someone that has cancer, guys, like this can help people. And if someone has cancer, be kind, but also still invite them. She has cancer and that alone is why she needs to be doing this. The reason she needs this is because she has cancer. That's what you say to people. Kiara says she was fortunate her uplines were gentler. But they were still urging them to work constantly. And Kiara was. For a business that promised you'd be in control of your own life, hers was out of control. She worked 12 to 14-hour days, responding to dozens of messages, had multiple in-person meetings a day, and countless Zoom calls. Eventually, she recruited so many people, she had downlines all over the U.S. and in other countries, like Canada and Australia. She was a rising star at the company. In 2018, she was invited to the Arbonne Global Training Conference in Las Vegas. They were giving her an award. Thousands of consultants attended. So the award that I was winning, I was number two in the entire company for Whoa. promotions. And out Whoa, of so two... you're a big deal. Yeah, not to toot my own horn, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I was. <laughs> and I remember um, getting a ball gown, and I remember I walked the stage and the CEO knew exactly who I was. MLMs are built to feel like a place where you're finally understood, to feel like family. And these conferences are the family reunions, where the dream is sold and repackaged to you with speeches, like this one from a Mary Kay conference. I love the sisterhood in Mary Kay. I feel like all of us, our best friends, 
And don't you love doing life with your pink sisters? You're told other people in your life may not understand you, but we do. People sometimes say, look at that crazy room of people. They're like a cult. Let me tell you something. I'd rather be a cult of people who are trying to help other people. A cult who cares about people, who works to help each other. Okay, I'll take it. We're a cult. We're a great cult. That was from a conference for an MLM called Market America. I talked with researchers and people who've left MLMs who do describe them as cultish. It's a place where you can supposedly find your purpose. If you're not making money, believe harder. Here's a motivational CD that might help. If people don't understand what you're doing, they don't understand you. But we do. There's an almost us versus them narrative. One former MLMer told me she got this piece of advice. You need your friends and family to understand joining an MLM is like being deployed to Iraq. That is how unavailable you will be while you build this business. It takes that kind of commitment. But just for now, one day they promise your business will run on its own. And stories like Kiara's help sell all of this. Like, look, she did it, so you can too. After Kiara walked across the stage to get her award, the company also gave her a $4,000 Tiffany ring. And they paraded her around the conference like a celebrity. I was having all of these pictures taken of me or random people that were in the company would come up to me be like, you're Kiara. Like, I felt like a celebrity in that world. At the very height of her success, Kiara says she had 300 people under her and was making six figures. It just, it was like the perfect, looking back now, the perfect scheme to make money. But look, I said this before, but it's worth repeating. Kiara's experience is not the norm. We looked at Arbonne's numbers. In 2019, a typical consultant earned between $120 to $502 in earnings and commissions. Between $120 and $502 a year. We reached out to Arbonne about these numbers, but they didn't get back to us. And sure, Kiara is a hard worker and a good salesperson, but her secret to getting to the top of this company So much of it was timing and luck. When she joined her MLM at the end of 2016, practically no one in her community had heard of the company. The market was wide open. It's just the way the system is set up. You're Mm. you're destined to fail if you go in very late or if you don't have a big network. Mm. So did it feel like at a certain point you were recruiting people who were inevitably going to fail? Yeah, I felt like no matter who I recruited, they were going to fail. Here's the thing. If you're mostly relying on recruiting to make money, there needs to be an endless number of recruits, which, of course, is impossible. Like, say the founder of an MLM recruits five people, and then those five people recruit five people, and so on and so on. It would only take 13 tiers before you exhaust the whole population of the Earth. So basically, the later you join, the smaller the pool of potential recruits, and the harder it is to make money. And when you're at the bottom and you're buying the inventory and throwing money on conferences and trainings, well, you're basically guaranteed to lose money. In reporting this, most of the stories we found involved people losing something at some point. When I start adding up every single expense, I mean, $20,000, boom, gone. I lost about 800 pounds. I spent about $3,000 in two years on products for myself. I think my debt was 
probably <sighs> close to 20,000. I lost a sense of community. I lost my self-esteem. I lost some friendships. I was always on. Who can I talk to to recruit to my business to make money? I didn't sell anything because I couldn't bring myself to lie to people. It's more of an addiction than anything else. It is just demoralizing. I felt like I was neglecting my family, which was the whole reason why I got sold this dream in the first place. For most people, the system fails you in one way or another. It's often time and money wasted. But even for someone like Kiara, who was earning a lot of money, there still was a cost that she didn't feel like she could even talk about. Because on the outside, she looked incredibly successful. She was an MLM celebrity. But she didn't feel like that. I felt like such a fraud walking down that stage around all of those people watching me and getting that award. While she was selling these weight loss products, her own health was suffering. She'd gained back 40 pounds from all the stress, and working nonstop was taking a toll on her relationships. Her boyfriend was as supportive as he could be, but when he'd come home from work, he would literally beg her, could I just have five minutes of your time without your phone? They set aside Monday date nights, and she'd show up late to those, telling him, just one second, I gotta do this team call. Then there was the time her boyfriend's mom graduated from college. This was a big deal, and practically the whole time, she was sitting in her chair texting her clients. And I could almost see his face of, like, disappointment, like, are you really doing this right now? And he'd be like, you know, you can take five minutes to not respond. You don't have to respond within the second. But the MLM training would kick in. Oh, they're doing that thing I've been warned about. They're being negative. So she'd shut them out. I'd be like, Joe, you don't believe in what I'm doing. Like, you don't get it. Like, you're going to get it one day, but you don't get it now. Kiara felt alone in her stress, and she definitely could not talk about it with her downlines. I knew, like, oh, crap, if I tell them this, like, then they're going to leave, and I'm not going to make any money. Eventually, all that pressure carried all alone for years led to breakdowns. It became so exhausting that I just had panic attacks after panic attacks after panic attacks because I just really? felt like I... I felt so, I felt imprisoned in Arbonne. A few months after that Las Vegas conference, Kara's boyfriend got really sick. And he was like, yeah, my stomach really just, it just hurts a lot. Mm. And the next day he had a fever and then he couldn't stand up. Kiara called his mom to let her know she was taking him to the hospital. I remember at that moment, I told myself, I will not do a call. I will not do a single text message until I know that he's okay. She was determined to put work aside, so she sent a message to her downlines. She was running four separate group chats by then because her team was so big. Hey, you guys, I love you all so much, but I'm, I am in um, a family emergency with my boyfriend. This is exactly what happened. I told him all the details, and I was like, I, um, I love you guys so much, and I'm so proud of you, and I know that you can do it. I'm not going to be on my phone much this week, but I, but I promise you I'll make it up to you. This part really made me pause. I cannot imagine my boss ever texting me that they love me and that they are sorry they won't be reachable by phone because of a family emergency. But Kiara was just so unmeshed in that community and felt like her team expected that level of devotion. And sitting there in the hospital, watching her boyfriend struggle, her Arbonne life started playing in her head. She started thinking about just how much she'd lost, like 
their date nights or just hanging out on the couch binging TV or all the niece and nephew birthday parties she missed or the family dinners. So I felt like intimate moments like that that I was never going to be able to get with him if I was working. When you were in the hospital for your boyfriend, was that the longest break you had taken from work? Yes. And yep, that is correct. Hmm. That was one of the turning points where I I kind of told myself, like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. The motivational tapes, the Tiffany ring, was it all actually worth it if she was this miserable? If spending a few days in the hospital felt like a reprieve from it all? As she allowed herself to have doubts about how good this actually was for her, she also started to worry about how good it was for the people below her. Was she leading them astray? She had started to look at their numbers more closely, and they were not great. At that point, she was living in this beautiful luxury apartment, and at the end of each month, she'd invite her team to hang out in the lobby. They'd catch up, eat food, and check their monthly sales numbers. And I would always see my numbers would skyrocket at the end of the month. At the end of the month, my numbers would like triple and double in size. And their numbers would kind of just eh, go a little bit up. I knew how hard they were working. I was working just as hard, but I was always the one reaping the success and they weren't. This was three years in and Arbonne was much more popular in their community. The market was much more saturated. So it was much harder for her downlines to recruit. Kiara felt complicit. It felt very dirty. But at the same time, it was almost as if that was my only option on making an income. Back in 2016, Kiara hadn't bothered to research the company before signing up. She just wanted to lose weight. But now she had questions, and she started digging around. A lot of things started to unfold. I saw a lot of um, lawsuits that were painted out in, like, 2017. Hmm. I saw that a lot of top leaders left. I started researching a lot of things, and then this one specific article in 2009 they filed for bankruptcy. Kiara was shocked at the lawsuits Arbonne had been a part of, how many people lost money, and all the pyramid scheme allegations that have plagued MLMs for years. And once you start looking into this stuff, it is a rabbit hole. For as long as MLMs have been around, they've largely avoided government regulation. Some of that is because they've gotten pretty good at lobbying. And while historically the FTC hasn't been super aggressive in going after them, that seems to be changing, especially during the pandemic. So many people left in debt, and that made me feel like I put my name on something for three years, and it almost made me feel like I was stealing from my team and my family because I was the only person that was reaping the success, and nobody else was. So that was my, that was my absolute mm. point where I was like, I, I can't be a part of this company anymore. She remembers sitting on her couch, just staring at her computer. And I'm just sitting there in tears. And I'm sitting there, like, questioning my life for the last three years. Like, if I leave, we can't live in this apartment now. If I leave, what am I going to do with my family? If I, if I leave, I don't have a plan B. And then there was this other really big thing to consider. And I knew that if I left, I knew because of prior times where this MLM had other leaders leave, just how much they bashed their name. If you leave, especially if you're high up, you're one of the people you've been warned about, a doubter. And she knew what they did with doubters. They shunned them. But she worked up the courage, and she texted her upline and 15 members on her team and told them they needed to get on Zoom for a meeting. So 
this was like so nerve-wracking everybody's cameras were on (laughs) and I remember telling them like this company has given me like the sense to want to be self-employed and the best thing that this company has given me has been friendships with you guys but then she pivoted but with that being said I I have a tug in my heart that it's time to you know start a next chapter and do something different and I remember when I was saying these things I saw their cameras just like turn off one by one and when I saw that my heart started to drop and I basically ended it with like I love you so much and I want you to know that I will always 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 be here for you And just like she feared, Kiara was shunned. Most everyone on her team blocked her. Everyone turned against me. This narrative became of me that I'm horrible and that I'm selfish. The first month was hard. She'd catch herself reaching for her phone, wanting to check in with her team, only to realize it's 8 p.m. and the only person she talked to was her boyfriend. Or she'd still feel her body tensing up when the end of the month neared. That was when she usually had to scramble to meet her monthly quotas. I think it took me about six months to adjust to yeah. the the real life that, that I entered, the real world. <laughs> yeah, the way you're talking about it almost sounds like, you know, mourning after a breakup. <laughs> yeah, really. Like you just, it's like when you go through a breakup, you go through phases. Like you go through the mm-hmm. withdrawal and then you go through the acceptance and then you go through the loving yourself again and then you <laughs> go through go into life again. Since she quit, Kiara enrolled in school. She wants to be an interior designer. She's not in touch with anyone from her MLM days, not even the people who used to be her closest friends. When she thinks back to the last few years, she can barely recognize herself. She cringes when she sees the videos of her pleading people to buy protein shakes, or when she thinks back to the pep talks she'd give to her downlines who were struggling. I just look at myself and I'm like, you were so naive, Kiara. I wish, like, future Kiara could tell you, like, stop. I think MLMs, many of them tap into your most human desire. That is, to have a purpose and to believe your life can change. And when we're told from birth that career and financial success are ours for the taking, it makes sense that people would ignore the costs and cling to the promise of that life-changing opportunity. All you have to do is get five more people on board. All right, that is all for this week's show. We will be back with a new episode next week. But in the meantime, if you want more, this is uncomfortable. Each Friday, I write about what's on my mind in our newsletter, which includes some recommendations from the team on things to read, cook, and watch, all that great stuff. You can check it out by subscribing at marketplace.org slash comfort. This is Uncomfortable is me, Rima Hreis, Megan Dietry, Haley Hirschman, Peter Balanon-Rosen, and Camila Kerwin. Haley Hirschman is the lead producer for this episode. Our editor is Karen Duffin. Our intern is Markay Green. Tony Wagner is our digital producer. Engineering and sound design by Drew Jostad. Special thanks this week to Stacey Bosley from Hamline University and William Keep from the College of New Jersey for all of their MLM expertise. Also to Josie Nykoy, who has a great YouTube channel all about her experiences with MLMs. Her channel is called Not the Good Girl, if you want to check that out. And a big thank you to the many former MLM members who spoke to us. Also, thanks this week to Daisy Palacios and Caitlin Ash. Satara Nieves is the executive director of On Demand, and our theme music is by Wonderly. 
All right. I'll catch y'all next week. <laughs>